Generally speaking, the ancient record keepers in Book of Mormon times were very accurate in recording Nephite history onto the large plates of Nephi. But in at least one case, the scribes told a fascinating and detailed story, but entirely missed the main point. When was this? Let's take a look and see. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon. We're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I am Andrew Harris. And we're excited that you would join us today for this interesting topic. We're going to talk today about a man named Samuel the Lamanite. What do we know about this Samuel? Not a lot. We do know that he was a Lamanite. (laughs) He was a powerful orator, attracted a lot of people when he spoke. Yeah. And we know that he had a vision and he saw an angel. His message started like many of the other prophets who had preceded him. He told his audience that they needed to repent. Nothing new there. And like the other prophets, Samuel also prophesied about the coming Savior. God would come down to earth and take upon himself the sins of the world. That the people had also heard before. But then, to the crowd's surprise... Samuel went on to predict specific details that these people had never heard before. He said that the Savior would be born in exactly five years from that date. Yeah, that's amazing because he wasn't just coming and predicting Christ is going to come. He was coming and saying it's going to happen on this date. He told them how many years would pass before things would happen. And he told them a lot of really specific details like which cities would get destroyed and what the signs would be when Christ would come and when Christ would die, what kind of signs would happen. And he even told them when the end was coming for the Nephites. And he said the night of the Savior's birth would have, quote, no darkness insomuch that it shall appear unto man as if it was day. So a day, a night, and a day that would be as one day. That's in Helaman chapter 14, verse 3. As Samuel spoke, the crowd of interested spectators grew larger, and Samuel at that time wasn't allowed to enter the city to preach. Yeah, it says he decided to climb up on the wall and just shout to him from there. I think he could be seen by more people, and his voice would carry further if he was standing on the wall. So that was part of the reason that he chose to stand on a wall was so that he could be heard. Samuel also prophesied that the Savior would be rejected, that he would eventually be killed, and then he gave certain signs of the Savior's death. In Helaman chapter 14.20 he said, Behold, in that day that he shall suffer death, the sun shall be darkened and refuse to give his light unto you, and also the moon and the stars, and there shall be no light upon the face of the land, even from the time that he shall suffer death, for the space of three days. Continuing with his startling predictions, he also prophesied that three days after the Savior's death, he would return to take up his body again. He would be resurrected. He would then make it possible for all people to eventually be resurrected from death. Samuel also predicted that at the time of the Savior's death and resurrection, that there would be great tempests and many mountains laid low and valleys which shall become mountains and many highways shall be broken up and many cities shall become desolate. 
And he concluded with this, Many graves shall be opened, and shall yield up many of their dead, and many saints shall appear unto many. That's in Helaman chapter 14, verses 21 through 25. How was his message received by the people? That's a complicated answer because some of the people actually did believe, and it says they went to Nephi to get baptized, but some of the people were really angered by what he was saying. In fact, he'd already angered a lot of them because before any of this started, he had actually tried to go and teach people and they chased him away. And probably a lot of those same people who had chased him away when he came back said, let's kill him this time. And so they started throwing rocks at him. And when that wasn't enough, they started shooting arrows at him, trying to kill him. Trying to kill him. They said, who does this Lamanite think he is to preach to us? They probably were annoyed that a Lamanite would try to teach them because traditionally the Lamanites were the bad ones and the Nephites were the good ones. But at this point, it flipped around where the Lamanites were living the law of Moses and keeping the commandments and the Nephites had been sinning. Now, why didn't he die? Why why wasn't he killed with an arrow? Well, God protected him. Absolutely. So either the arrows missed or the arrows were struck out of the way or something before they could get to him somehow but we don't really know exactly but they no one could hit him and sometimes we are protected from harmful things often with amazing ways of protecting us you have a story like that don't you before my mission i was working for a man doing heating and air conditioning the guy i was working for climbed up on a ladder and We had these nail guns that I think most nail guns have safety measures that don't allow you to just shoot them anywhere. But I remember we had these nail guns that could shoot these giant staples out across the room. We were nailing ducks into wood, so they had to be able to puncture through the metal and into the wood. Anyway, he had climbed up on this ladder to nail something up high, and I was down below him on the bottom of the ladder handing him tools and things that he needed. And while he was climbing up there, he was kind of trying to reach something and he wasn't paying attention with his hand that was holding the nail gun. And he turned it around and shot it right at my face. And I didn't have any goggles on or anything. And I I just heard it fire and thought, oh my gosh, I'm dead. dead. (laughs) And somehow it just misfired or, or missed. And he turned around and went, oh, sorry. And he's like, you okay? And then he went right back to what he was working on because he realized I was okay. But I sat there breathing in <laughs> going, oh my gosh, I, I nearly died. But I knew that I was preparing to go on my mission and I felt like God had protected me in that case. It's a great story. Finally, after delivering his message, Samuel escaped from the city into the safety of the countryside and Samuel was never heard from again. This is one of the great and beloved stories we read about in the Book of Mormon. But did you know that the story of Samuel the Lamanite was originally not recorded accurately? (laughs) (laughs) Reading between the lines, at the time all these things happened, no one bothered to write down every last detail. And you can see how that could happen, because I'm sure there was no one standing at the bottom of the wall taking notes on everything he said. They probably later on went back and said, oh, these are the things that Samuel said while he was up on that wall. And a lot of people probably heard it, so they probably talked to each other and told these stories about how Samuel had prophesied about these things, but maybe they hadn't written all the words correctly. We know they didn't. (laughs) 39 years later, this is after Jesus had come to visit the people in the Americas and had taught them, had blessed them, had been with them for several days. He then said, Show me your records. (laughs) Can I see the Nephite records? 
And they brought the records to him, and he actually went through them looking at what they had recorded. He then came to the story of Samuel the Lamanite, and he noted that part of Samuel's story was missing. Jesus scolded them, and he said, I commanded my servant Samuel the Lamanite that he should testify unto this people that there were many saints who should arise from the dead and should appear unto many and should minister unto them. And he said unto them, Was it not so? (laughs) At that point, I think the disciples were embarrassed. 3 Nephi 23, 12 and 13, it says, Nephi remembered that this thing had not been written. Jesus commanded that it should be written. Therefore, it was written according as he commanded. Yeah, and that's why we have it. (laughs) So when we read it, it seems like a, a totally complete story. But now we realize it wasn't complete. For 39 years, it was not correctly told. They didn't have that part about the the saints rising from the dead and appearing to many. Why was that so important to the Savior? Yeah, it was clearly important to the Savior because I think it shows us not only that Christ himself was resurrected, which we know that that is the case, but that others were resurrected at at that time too, and that others still will be resurrected in the future. I think it testifies of the resurrection of of all of us. And it was Christ's purpose in coming to this earth. It was to take the sins of the world upon himself, Mm -hmm. but also to be resurrected and to guarantee that others would be resurrected as well. But they had failed to record that. And Jesus said, I know what I told him. And you failed to record that. So write that down, because that's important. Yeah, it's really neat that Jesus took the time to get that detail straight for us today and for those Nephites who had that record. So just again to repeat, what do we have in our current scriptures when we read the story of Samuel the Lamanite? Do we have the original record as recorded by the scribes, or do we have the updated record after the time of Jesus Christ? We have the updated version as given to us by Mormon who had those records. So I think it's clear that we have the correct words of Samuel the Lamanite. Thanks to Jesus. Thanks to Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's neat that he took the time to make sure we had those words and that we can trust that they're correct. It's a wonderful story. You know, sometimes as we read the Book of Mormon, I think sometimes we read these words and we think, did they really mean this? Or was this written correctly? And there could be some human errors that are still in the scriptures. I mean, Moroni talks about how they had some errors or whatever, but I don't think it's anything important because because of this story. Those really important things that Christ wanted us to have, he took the time to make sure that we had those things. He corrected things that were wrong. Yep, the things that he felt were important, he made sure were in the scriptures for us. You know, there's critics of the Book of Mormon who want to say that Joseph Smith just made up the whole story. But there's so many complicated prophecies and quotations of other prophets and things in the Book of Mormon that it would be almost impossible to just make this up. And this is one of those things to me. When Samuel the Lamanite is prophesying in Helaman, he says that people will be raised up from the dead and will appear to many. And then we have in Third Nephi where Jesus is telling the people, this didn't get recorded. You need to go back and make this edit. And so they do that. <laughs> But we have it in both places, and it's just kind of a weird little side thing to add in there if Joseph Smith was just making all this up. So do you think the Book of Mormon might be true? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely.
Oh, there are so many witnesses. Thanks for listening. Isn't the Book of Mormon exquisite? Next time, we'll talk about the most significant event in the Book of Mormon history, the visit of Jesus Christ to the ancient Nephites and Lamanites. We'll hopefully provide some insights that you may never have considered before. Until we talk again, enjoy your reading.